You could really feel that loss coming, eh? Oh boy. Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. My name is Ian. I'm your host. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. It's uh, Monday, February 10th, and the Bruins had their six-game winning streak snapped on Sunday at the hands of the lowly, awful, terrible Detroit Red Wings. We'll get into that in a moment, as well as uh, update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings and take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, But first, I wanted to remind you that the podcast is available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Obviously, if you're already listening, you're well aware of that. But um, if you could please leave a rating and a review, uh, that would be very much appreciated. You can follow me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. And you can also follow the show at LO underscore uh, Boston Bruins. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, so yeah, the Bruins losing to the Detroit Red Wings for the second time this season, if you can believe it. Through 57 games, the Bruins only have 11 regulation losses. Two of them have come against the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit has played 57 games. They've only won 14 games. And two of those have come against the first place Boston Bruins. Their goal differential is 90. Minus 95, Bruins are at plus 45. So just, you know, as unlikely a result as you might expect. Although, uh, in fairness to the Bruins, they were playing their second game in as many days, in less than 24 hours, really, as Saturday's game, which was a win over the Arizona Coyotes. That began at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Then the Bruins had to travel to Detroit and play another game at 1230 uh, for the NBC uh, Saturday matinee. So uh, that was certainly, um, I mean, not an excuse by any means, but it's still a factor. Um, The Bruins were also expecting Yaroslav Halak to get the start. He was a late scratch um, as uh, Tuka Rask was called to fill in. Uh, Halak was scheduled to make the start. Like I mentioned, he led the Bruins out on the ice for warmups, but uh, apparently had an upper body injury. Um, the game during the game, the Bruins announced Halak was not feeling well, but was a possibility to back up and play if necessary. So Rask ended up playing uh, the two games in very short order and made 17 saves in the loss. Bruce Cassidy said he has an upper body injury that we assumed was fine. He played it with it Wednesday, practiced, but it flared up today, and with a 12:30 game, it didn't allow a lot of time to prepare, so Tuka had to go in. Um, he felt, this is Halak, that he wasn't going to be able to give us 100%. It's not a position you can play at 70 or 80%, so Tuka went in. He played well. Unfortunately, we weren't able to pick up some goals for him. Um, so that had uh, a factor in the loss as well, but still... It's really a game that you have to win. Um, The Red Wings are just so bad. They are on track to uh, record the worst record in the NHL uh, of any team in a single season since the adoption of the shootout, the three-point game. Um, They're on track to be worse than the uh, 2016-17 Colorado Avalanche, uh, where just everything went wrong for that team. Um 
Patrice Bergeron, after the game, he said it's one of those things that throughout the course of an 82-game season, it's going to happen. Uh, this is, like I mentioned, the second time, so it's not one of those things. It's now two of those things. Uh, Bergeron added, we had our looks, our chances. That being said, we can be better defensively. We can defend better. Uh, there's a lot of things we could have done better. Uh, there's a lot of things that we liked, but we didn't get the result. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, you know, he acknowledged that uh, mentally he thought it was going to be a challenge with the quick turnaround on the back-to-back, but he said he thought the Bruins were the better team and that Boston beat themselves in this one. Um, a lot of things added up against them. Like I said, the schedule, a lack, but um, Cassidy added, you know, he gave Detroit credit for winning the game, but he didn't think that the the Red Wings were the better team on this day. Uh, the Bruins had a goal that was called back uh, earlier in the game due to a um, offside review that was incredibly long, stupidly long. And if it takes that long to uh, make a decision, it's probably not conclusive enough to, you know, overrule the call on the ice, which was a goal at the time. However, um, the ruling was that as Boston tagged up during a delayed offside, Bergeron was exiting uh, through the door inside Detroit zone, which negated Marchand's tip of a David Pasternak shot that would have tied the game up at one. So it really had nothing to do with the play, affected the play, not at all. And again, it's something we've talked about on the podcast before, but this needs to be looked at and it needs to be uh, like the spirit of the rule needs. There needs to be some uh, interpret, not interpretation, but you know, some, Uh, wiggle room so that uh, there's some discretion on the part of the officials to be able to say, you know what? Fine. Technically Bergeron was offside here, but again, it has zero impact on the flow of the game and um, on how the goal came to be. Bergeron said, you know, it's the rule. So it's on me to get off the ice. It's something we all know. I usually get off on the right side of the blue line. On that one, I wasn't thinking the puck was far, but it was a great transition for us, and I've got to get off the ice. So it was almost too nice of a play for the Bruins to get in and just caught Bergeron on the ice um, on his way to make a change. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was clearly pretty pissed off afterwards, especially, again, about the length of the um, review. Uh, He said, how long did we wait to decide? Someone must have tracked it so long, so it takes that long to find out. We all know his feeling. He's not a big fan of the procedure or the rule, but it came back, surprise, surprise, against us, and tonight uh, the Bruins really could have used it for sure. Um, The Bruins were able to tie the game after going down 1-0 on a, a great uh, play by David Pasternak to set up a Tory Crew goal. Uh, They almost tied it uh, late in the third, uh, but Chris Wagner misfired a one-timer and it trickled just wide, um, and therefore they weren't able to tie it up. The Red Wings came back, got the empty netter, and they took 3-1. What else should we say about this game? You know, yeah, the Red Wings got the two goals on the power play. Bruins went 0-4. That certainly was a uh, big a uh, big factor here in this game. Um, 
Tory Krug said, even though it was a tough schedule, we skated, we were moving well, guys held on to the puck in the offensive zone, making a lot of plays. We had a lot of good looks. Uh, the puck luck just wasn't in the Bruins' favor in this one. The underlying numbers sure support the Bruins in this one. They had a sh- shot attempt advantage of 54-36 to 36 in 5-on-5 five five play. That's a 60% advantage for the Bruins. Um, however, uh, yeah, we take that up to all situations. The Bruins had a 70-43 advantage, so that's 61.95. Again, the Red Wings uh, were able to take advantage of their um, power play opportunities. The Bruins were not, and that was a huge difference uh, in this game for sure. Actually, I should correct that. The uh, winning goal for the Red Wings came on the the power play. The first goal scored by Brendan Perlini did not. So even still, that one uh, power play goal for the Red Wings uh, was a difference as they went 1 for 3. The Bruins went 0 for 4. Ebb did have a 40 to 20 shot advantage. So overall, the Bruins did certainly outplay uh, the Red Wings and probably deserved a better fate, uh, but uh, here we go, and we'll see if that loss, you know, comes back to bite them in terms of winning the Atlantic and winning the President's Trophy. And let's now uh, update the Atlantic Division power rankings after this one. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners. A Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Despite the win, the Red Wings uh, still remain at the bottom of the Atlantic. Uh, As I mentioned, they only have 14 wins. Uh, They have 39 losses uh, in regulation and another four in overtime or shootout. Only 32 points, minus 95 goal differential. The next worst team is the Los Angeles Kings, and they have 43 points. So Detroit still at the basement despite beating Boston twice this season. Ottawa coming in at number seven. They're 18, 26, and 11. They have 47 points, minus 41 goal differential. No surprise there. Uh, Those two teams have been at the bottom uh, pretty much all season and uh, probably will stay there. Number six, the very disappointing Buffalo Sabres. They're 24, 24, and 8. 56 points through 56 games, minus 17 goal differential, 4, 5, and 1 in their last. 10, including a loss to Anaheim on Sunday. Uh, this team just continually disappointing. And um, yeah, they'll probably stay in the sixth spot for the bounce of the season. Number five is where it starts to get a touch interesting. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are sticking around in the playoff race, although 
very uh, slim margins to work with. On Saturday, they beat the Maple Leafs in overtime thanks to uh, Ilya Kovalchuk's game-winning goal. Um, and I talked about that on Friday. The Bruins reportedly are looking at him, um, but there really seems to be an appetite right now for the Canadians to re-sign him. He's really been uh, a key cog in their chances, helped them stay afloat amid uh, some very serious injuries situations. And uh, right now they are uh, 61 points through 57 games, 27 23 and seven with a plus four goal differential. Now, uh, the thing working against them in the playoff race is their amount of games played. That 57 is the most in the Atlantic, tied with Boston and Detroit. Uh, so they're chasing uh, Florida, who has three games in hand, uh, Toronto, who has a game in hand, and Tampa Bay, who has uh, two games in hand. They could probably realistically only maybe catch Toronto or Florida, but. It really seems as though, um, yeah, the games played uh, is probably going to catch up to them as the other teams try to figure it out. Having said that, uh, games in hand only go as far as uh, the uh, points dropped or gained in them. Uh, So point percentage obviously is a good indicator of success to a point, uh, but you have to make good on those points. And uh, Florida has dropped some lately. They've allowed the Maple Leafs to pass them in the standings. Florida is currently in fourth with a record of 29, 19, and 6, 64 points through 54 games. Uh, but if we look at point percentage, they're just a touch ahead of the Maple Leafs at, uh, what is it, 593 for the Panthers compared to 589 for the Maple Leafs. Uh, in terms of goal differential, um, let's see who has the advantage there. The Panthers are at uh, plus 11. The Maple Leafs at plus 13. So these two teams are really neck and neck right now. I'll put the Maple Leafs ahead just because they have the more points and better goal differential and just a slightly lower um, point percentage. Uh, Florida really needs to take advantage of uh, the two games that, that they have in hand on the Maple Leafs. Uh, if not, then um, they'll really be in tough to make the playoffs as the Metropolitan Division continues to lock down the uh, wildcard race with the Islanders in the first spot at 68 points, Carolina, Philadelphia, 67 points, Florida, three points back. Uh, so even those uh, three Metro teams vying for a... Uh, wildcard spot are ahead of the Maple Leafs. Even if we look at the conference standings, Toronto's in ninth at the moment, Florida's in 10th. So if we, you know, went back to the old uh, playoff format, the one to eight, uh, there would only be the two um, Atlantic division teams in there at the moment. Uh, And of course that second team is the Tampa Bay lightning. They've played 55 games. They got a record of 35, 15, and 5 for 75 points, 8-1-1 in their last 10, and they're on a six-game winning streak. They have the best goal differential in the NHL at the moment with um, plus 49 and uh, just ahead of the Bruins. So, you know, they have two games in hand on Boston. Um, If they would make good on both of those, they would be ahead uh, no, sorry, they'd still be one point back. 
uh, meaning the Bruins still have the upper hand here. I'm still going to put the Bruins in first, despite the loss to the Red Wings. I'll uh, set aside uh, or I'll take into account the, the scheduling, Rask playing back-to-back when he didn't think he was supposed to. Um, but again, that Lightning are really flying here and could um, very well overtake the Bruins. These two losses to the Red Wings, um, if you know, if they lose by one, two, three points even, those uh, missed opportunities could come back to bite them. But having said that, you know, I mentioned earlier that um, if you look at the convert standings, the Bruins would be um, the Bruins are the first team right now. Eighth would be Philadelphia under the old um, way of ranking teams. So at the moment, say uh, Tampa Bay plays Toronto in the opening round as the second team in the Atlantic and the third team. Uh, Toronto's not even a top eight team at the moment, so they wouldn't even be considered a playoff team under the old um, system. Whereas Boston, as the number one team, uh, they would play the second wildcard team, which is currently Carolina, and they're ahead of the Maple Leafs. So isn't it an advantage to finish first and play one of those uh, metropolitan teams that's better right now than Toronto? That's a question that needs to be asked. Um, so would it be the worst thing for Boston not to win the President's Trophy, not to win the Atlantic? If you take that into consideration, obviously there's still a lot of hockey to be played. These aren't the final standings. But that you know, it's still something to take into consideration. Uh, so all that to say, yeah, the the loss against Detroit was pretty shitty, uh, but you know it's not the end of the world. It's going to happen. They're not going to win every game. The cards were stacked against them in this one, and um, I expect them to come back uh, well rested for uh, the next games coming up here. Uh, so just to recap, we have Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal. Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and our Boston Bruins. Coming up for the Bruins this week. They are off Monday, Tuesday. Then they play the Canadians at home on Wednesday night. And then, wouldn't you know it, there's another matinee doubleheader coming up next weekend. They'll be playing Detroit 1 p.m. on home ice on Saturday. And then they will travel to New York to play the Rangers at 3.30 on Sunday. So again, two two winnable games, two non-playoff teams. All three of those teams are non-playoff teams that are coming up. So the Bruins should have uh, ample opportunity to, not that they're off track, but to, you know, get back to their winning ways, build up some points. And, um, but you never know what can happen in these back-to-backs as we saw Sunday. Let's take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, if we look at the goals race, David Pasternak has fallen off a little bit. Uh, he is now two goals behind both Alexander Ovechkin and Austin Matthews. He's got 38 uh, goals at the moment. Uh, again, those two guys have hit the 40-goal mark up to this point. He remains third in NHL scoring, three points behind Connor McDavid, and seven points back of Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl's got 85, uh, McDavid 81, our boy Pasternak at 78. Um, if we look at the goalie um, stats, Tukarask is at 929 save percentage. He's behind, or he's tied with Darcy Kemper and Tristan Jari in that stat, and 
Uh, rookie sensation Elvis Merzlikens is at 9.30, albeit in smaller sample size. Um, one trade rumor report that was relevant to the Bruins uh, that came up on Hockey Net in Canada's headlines up here in Canada over the weekend. Chris Johnston reported contract talks are set to begin this week between the New York Rangers and Chris Kreider. Um, that obviously could impact what the Bruins do prior to the trade deadline, which is uh, only two weeks away. Um, if Kreider and the Rangers are able to find some common ground, then the Bruins will look elsewhere. Uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that Kreider certainly is their first choice in the trade market and that uh, Don Sweeney will be willing to pony up and meet um, his asking price. That's uh, Jeff Gordon. Um if it's not, you know, too exorbitant, uh, but uh, the first prospect and a roster player um, seems uh, like that could be something that the Bruins and Rangers might agree to once again. I should note as well that Danton Heinen made his return to the lineup on Sunday after being scratched. He came in for Anton Bleed, um, and uh, perhaps his name will be out there in trade rumors and reports as well. I believe that's all I got for you today. A bit of a, yeah, another quick and dirty one here. I uh, just wanted to recap those games. Uh, we will uh, have a guest on the podcast uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm planning to uh, record with a guest uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to get it up for that episode. Uh, but if not, sometime soon as well. Um, yeah. What else should I say? I'm not watching the Oscars. I'm taping this on Sunday in the evening. Um, I watched instead Uncut Gems, and I really believe that Adam Sandler deserved to get a uh, nomination for that movie. Uh, he was he was very good in it. Um, I really, I don't know if I wouldn't say I enjoyed the movie. I yeah, I I liked it. Um, it was hard to watch in some points, and um, I wasn't expecting that ending. Uh, but I really didn't know. Yeah, I, I think it really works because you know an open ending would have kind of um, just led you to believe that what did happen was going to happen sooner than later. Um, but yeah, not watching the Oscars. If you are, I hope you're enjoying it. I really like 1917 and would like that to win uh, best picture. Although I admittedly did not see all of them, including parasite that everybody seems to be talking about. Uh, but that's it for today's podcast. Thanks so much again for listening. My name is Ian McLaren. I am the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Catch you again tomorrow, friends. Have a great Monday, and uh, yep, take care of yourselves.